Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you going to tell me when to go to breaks from there? Okay, cool. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Following the biggest off-season of moves and acquisitions by General Manager Howie Roseman, the expectations of this city have never been higher. Welcome to the 2022 Panla Hockey Postgame Show on 6ABC.com and across the Jacob Sports YouTube channel, exclusively presented by Panla Hockey Giordano. Live from the Gallery Bar. 
Booking Canes Inside Ocean Casino Resort. Let's get this post-game show underway. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Pond Hockey Eagles post-game show. I'm Mike Missanelli with Derek Gunn and Seth Joyner. You see us all on the screen as we do this show remotely. And, oh, my God. What a game. I mean, it, it, it's put you through all kinds of emotions, back and forth, up and down. It wasn't really decided until Garner Minshew's hurried fourth down pass went incomplete in the end zone, and the Dallas Cowboys hang on to win it 40-34. to 34. It's a shame. The turnovers killed them today, but uh, Garner Minshew had a – I mean, he – Well, I guess we're uh, experiencing some microphone problems with uh, Mike Missanelli. Hopefully, we can get those rectified in uh, just a few moments. But I'm Derek Gunn, along with Seth Joyner. And Seth, let's go back to our pregame show, Seth. And right before we close, where I made the comment that as we've watched this entire NFL season unfold, the only thing we can expect is something unexpected. And no matter how much we try to analyze this matchup, the strength and the weaknesses of both teams – in your wildest imagination, did you expect to see anything like what we saw in this game today on both sides of the football? Not even. I mean, you know, I thought that, you know, the first half of the game is really what, how I kind of envisioned the game going. Each team had four possessions. Um, each team had, you know, one turnover. And then you go to the second half and you're talking, you know, six, seven, eight possessions. Um, in the second half alone. And in my opinion, the undoing of the Eagles, again, if you look at their two losses, right. it will come down to four turnovers in the first loss, yep. four turnovers in this loss. And when they don't protect the ball, I don't care who it is that you're playing, you are going to lose the game under those circumstances. All right, guys, uh, do you have me now? Do you hear me? Yeah, yeah we got yeah. it. Okay, all right. Uh, sorry about that. We had a little uh, technical problem there, but – uh, you know, I was saying it was a shame because the, Mitchell really did play well. A couple of those interceptions are really good plays by the Dallas Cowboys, and he gave him a chance to win. Uh, and this game came down to three particular elements, I thought. The one was that they allowed that T.Y. Hilton bomb. He made a great catch on that. That led to the tying TD. And then Deron Bland would made a great interception there. And, of course, the Sanders fumble, which was disheartening for everybody. And, it, you know, the turnovers, the four turnovers, Seth and, and Gunner, they led to 20 points, and you're right. You can't turn the ball over, but they they had a chance right to the end, and I thought they were going to be able to pull that off with an extra point victory, uh, and it just didn't happen for them. So so tough loss, not the end of the world, but, but uh, you know, obviously you can't win when you turn the ball over, but what did you think of Minshew today? Well, um, um, he, go ahead, he showed me that he is a quality backup quarterback in the National Football League much better than most backup quarterbacks in the National Football League. I thought the game plan that Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen put together for him was perfect in terms of getting him in a rhythm uh, to get him acclimated in, in a game of this magnitude in a hostile environment. I thought he executed the game plan well. He made the throws. Um, I love how he sides wherever the pressure was coming from. 
He he sidestepped the pressure, bought himself some additional time, made the necessary throws that he had to make. Um, except for a few minor miscues, and Mike, as you talked about, you know, a couple of interceptions were just great plays made by the Dallas defenders. You know, for a guy to come off the bench and not play and throw up 355 yards um, in a game of this magnitude, what else more uh, do you want from him? And it's one thing quite evident, you know, whether they won, lose, or draw, that the Eagles' backup is way much better than the Dallas Cowboys' backup. Yeah, and Seth, um, obviously defensively, they they weren't uh, at their best. They allowed the quarterback to complete 19 straight at one point, and it, it seemed like every time the Eagles seemingly got control of this game, Dallas was able to come back uh, and score on them. And of course, they were aided by, by a couple of short fields there, but what did you think of the defensive effort today? I felt like, you know, the – the turning point in the game was when Avante Maddox went out. When Avante Maddox got hurt, you know, everything went to hell in the handbasket, you know, for this defense. Um, you know, I was going back and forth with people on Twitter today, and they kept going on. I'm like, listen, believe it or not, I was defending Jonathan Gannon because I loved his game plan today. He brought pressure, you know, where he needed to bring pressure in certain situations to speed up, you know, Dak's clock. Um, this game will come down to two huge, you know, third down situations where the Eagles had them dead to rights. And, you know, your players have to make plays like Avante Maddox on that third down in the first half. You know, you got them on in third down. They run the blitz. You're down around Dak's ankles. And, you know, if you could just make the tackle, you know, you're yeah. off the field. The offense is rolling. It's got rhythm. It's got timing. It's got, you know, everything at its disposal. We're probably going to go down and score again, but you don't. Get the you don't make the play, Dak spins out of it, completes a pass for the third down. Consequently, they end the drive with a touchdown. Then you know the third and thirty. I mean, how do you give up fifty on third and thirty? Is just way beyond me. Um, those two plays will make the bigger difference, you know, in understanding why the Eagles lost this football game. But make no mistake about it, you know, when Josiah Scott comes into the game. And when you have to start inserting um, players in positions where they're not used to being as a defensive play caller, okay, if you don't have confidence that that guy knows exactly what to do, it alters the way that you call the game. It alters the way that, you know, the different positions that you put your players in. And last but not least, TJ Edwards is a great player for this Eagles defense. He is a passing game liability. And teams are beginning to scheme him in the passing game. When you get three receivers to one side and they take the tight end and they swap him out and put CeeDee Lamb in the middle, that is a mismatch. Even in zone coverage, that's a mismatch that TJ that, that um, Edwards is not going to win. And then when you get him in man situation, even when you're two by two against the tight end, he can't make that coverage. So now you pick your poison because what are they going to do? If you put him on the back and put Kazir White over on the tight end or on that number three guy, your coverage situation is 10 times better. But what are they now going to do? Now they're going to start scheming the running back out of the backfield, trying to get T.J. Edwards matched up on a, a, a Pollard out of the backfield. So you can't win. And and it, it it's one of those situations, as I watch it, you can see teams begin to, to, to game plan, okay? If we need to pass the ball, we can make hay in the middle of the field, and that's where the Dallas Cowboys dominated this defense, especially in the second half, is in the middle portion of the field because we could not stand up to what they were doing. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the bomb that you cite, 
uh, the Eagles looked like they had them down and out in that series. They got the sack fumble, uh, and they didn't get on it. It was ripped out of the hands uh, of uh, of an Eagle. Uh, Reddick got that one. And then uh, the sack by Sweat, and it looked like they were down and out. And, and then he flings the bomb to T.Y. Hilton, who, you know, they just picked up, and he's a savvy receiver. I, I get it. But that was a killer because – you know that that led yeah. to to them getting a touchdown on on that. CD Lamb with a great move on Bradbury on that play where Bradbury thought he was going to go inside and he cut out, uh, and that was a monster touchdown. So you, you put that that together with with the turnovers and it, it ruined Christmas Eve a little bit. But but again, we're, we're in a situation now where they need one win to clinch this whole thing, and uh, Dallas survives. They would have to win out. And the Eagles have to lose out. So it still looks like they're going to get the number one seed. Uh, so uh, now we go with the, with the hurt situation. I, I mean, do you find it, uh, an immediacy to play him next week just to get that win and not want to go down to that last game? How do you guys feel about that? Well, it depends on, on what the medical experts say. You know, um, initially it was thought that he was just going to miss the one game. And then uh, all of a sudden reports started coming out yesterday that there's a possibility he could miss that Saints game as well. But as I've been saying time and time again, when you have a chance to, to put the nail in the coffin in terms of wrapping up the number one seed and, and, and the division, it's, it's all hands on deck. You know, he, he came back and played with that shoulder injury and into the fourth quarter and threw the ball well against the Chicago Bears. But as Seth will tell you, when you have that adrenaline rush, you know, your body doesn't feel a lot of things until you start to relax and, 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 and the body relaxes and the next day. Now, I'm waiting to see what happens now. What do they define as a sense of urgency? Now, in no way, shape, or form are the New Orleans Saints anywhere close to being what the Philadelphia Eagles are. But again, on any given Sunday, you just don't know what happens. And you've got to put the nail in the coffin. I do believe Gardner Minshew, based on the way he played today, is good enough to be that guy to help the Eagles put the nail in the coffin next Sunday against the Saints. But everybody's going to hone in on what exactly is going on with Jalen Hurts if he doesn't play next Sunday. Well, Seth, I, you know, uh, injured players, it's a funny thing when you need one win. And uh, can you can you afford to let it go down to the last game uh, to let, let him heal a little longer? I mean, how would you play this right now? I think you have to, you know, examine and only – only the Eagles and Jalen Hurts really knows the severity of this injury. Um, I look at it from the standpoint that, hey, he played a quarter, a third of a quarter in the full fourth quarter with it the way that it was. And he was as impressive in that quarter as he was any other time in the football game. Um, what kind of pain is he actually in? Does it hurt him to throw the ball? Is he throwing the ball with comfortability? Is, it, is there accuracy? Is there strength in the, you know, in the arm? Um, if all of those things are a thumbs up, then you you roll them out and you got to play them next week. I don't think you can afford to um, go into week 18 needing to beat the New York Giants in a divisional game, um, you know, to wrap up what you need to wrap up and get it done. Um, you know, I think, you know, with, with the Eagles – Gardner Minshew played a great game today. There's no doubt about it. But the way that this offense is designed, he can't do in this offense what Jalen Hurts can do in this offense. It's just, that's just a fact. 
you know, there was a couple of times where he got out of the pocket. I seen him scramble and the defense, you know, kind of got to him really quick. You're not getting a Jalen Hurts like that. He's going to make a first down. He's going to get you the yards that you need. Um, I'm not so sure that Jalen Hurts misses some of those plays, some of those passing plays that that Gardner Minshew missed today. You know, I, I really didn't like the way he was backing out of, you know, the pocket rather than stepping into the pocket and and trusting his offensive line to get done what he needed to get done. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's a sticky situation because if Jalen goes out there and he gets hurt again or he aggravates it, you know, now you're in recovery process all the way up throughout, you know, the, until you get back on the field in the playoffs. Um, if he goes out and he plays well, then you afford yourself the opportunity in week 18 to sit him and rest him, let him strengthen it up a little bit and put Gardner Minshew back out there again. But I think the dynamic, the dynamic, the dynamic, the, the dynamicism that you lose not having Jalen Hurts on the field running this offense, if he can play, um, is a big difference. And in my no, I don't opinion, there's any question about that. I mean, well, and, and I think, and, and I think Mike too, I believe, I honestly believe if he played today, and he was 75% of, you know, what he could have been, then I believe the Eagles win this football game. Yeah. You're probably right about that. I, the one thing Minshew didn't want to do, it looked like, was to make a mistake. He threw a lot of balls away early. Uh, he got rid of, he got rid of play. He burned plays early because he didn't, uh, you know, want to make a mistake. They didn't want to get sacked. They didn't want to hang in there to see smart. if he could actually make something. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a smart, controlled way to play the football game for Minshew. And I, and I thought he did a good job with that and made enough good throws for them to win. And the four turnovers just, just kind of erased that whole thing. Now, I want to look at the end of this game. And I see, I thought Mike McCarthy was going to give the Eagles this game uh, because it was at the end and they decided to go for it on fourth down. And I'm thinking, okay, there's, there's two ways of doing this. One, one is you hope they go offside so he, you can convert it easily. And the other thing is that you're actually thinking that you want to go for it there because clearly the move was they had one timeout left. Clearly the move is to kick that field goal, make them want to score a touchdown, make them have to score a touchdown, only one timeout left. And I thought, and McCarthy's had terrible uh, time management problems over his, over his years, uh, but they wound up doing the right thing. It was, it was, it was baffling to me that he wound up doing the right thing by kicking that field goal, which made the Eagles come back. But in that last drive, I got to say, Devontae Smith was a man today. That dude played uh, a great game. And that high point catch that he made on that last drive. And when I saw that play, I said, if he makes that catch, they're going to win this game. I mean, I was, I was deadly sure they were going to win that game, and get that game after he made that catch. His body control and hand, hand, um, coordination ability is is un unbelievable second to none um this young man i go back to the sideline catch he made where he kept his body in control and, and both feet in bound um he's a grown man he's still a young man but he is a grown man you cannot contain this young man uh did you see the ups he had on that catch you know Trying to cover him one-on-one -on -one is a nightmare for any DB in the National Football League, and they all know it. Um, Minshew's comfort zone in this game today, because of who he was throwing to, think about some of the catches Dallas Goddard made. Um, A.J. Brown, you know, Devonta Smith. When you have those kind of pass catchers in your arsenal, um, if I'm a quarterback, 
there's nothing to be worried about because you know they're going to make your bad throws look good. But you're right. That, that, that what Devontae Smith is able to do when the ball's in his area is a zone is, is just incredible. And you can't get enough watching this young man. Everything, every time you think you've seen the best of him, he wows you again in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, he's just a special talent. Eight catches for 113 today, 14.1 average. But but he he made he made uh, them fret uh, back there. And uh, you know, I, I I was thinking about the one play where where they had AJ Brown out of the game on that play, and they wound up Okie Doke Diggs. Yeah. On that play, who went to the wrong guy, went and saw Goddard in that area and, and allowed Devontae to get behind him. Uh, you know, this was an entertaining game. It's a damn shame they didn't pull this off because they, they did a lot of things right that you would think they're going to steal this one in Dallas and clinch this whole division and then be able to just uh, rest for the rest of the year, basically. Well, listen, they did, but, you know, the, the, the issue is, you know, like I said in the opening, you know, the turnovers are the issues for them. You know, you look at the the two games that they've lost, you know, they, they have a combined total of eight turnovers in that in those two games. You're just not going, you're not supposed to win football games, you know, under those circumstances. Um, and, and I'm of the I'm of the mindset also that Quest Watkins is gonna have to figure out a way to step up his game. You know, mm-hmm. Gardner Minshew went to him a lot more than Jalen Hurts would have mm-hmm. went to him in this game, and he failed him. In both situations, both of those, both of Gardner's interceptions came off of passes right to Quez Watkins, where he's not fighting and he's not really contending for the football. That last one, all you got to do is flatten your route. If you flatten your route, you cut the defender off and you stop him from coming, you know, around you. The first one is pass interference. I'm just going to call it what it is. There's no way in hell that you can jump over a guy and get an interception and it not be interference. He's there before the ball even gets there. But you're in Dallas and you're not going to get those those types of calls. But, you know, A.J. Brown ain't letting that happen. Devontae Smith ain't letting that happen. You know, Quez Watkins got to figure out a way if he's going to play the amount of snaps that he's going to play. He's got to figure out a way where he's not the damn weak link at the wide receiver position. If he's going to be that way, then you need to take Zach Pascoe and move him into the slot because he's got to play with better strength and better um, um, intensity and better urgency at that position because they're going to need him. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. He, he had to get tougher on on a couple of those plays and, and, and allow Dallas to, to come out with a better uh, result there. Um so, I mean, I, I, there's so many things that happened in this game. I mean, it, uh, the first half was crazy up and down. And then the second half was crazy up and down. And, and they, well, I think there was one punt this whole game, right? Dallas punted once. The yeah. Eagles didn't punt at all. Uh, and once they got a three and out, once the Eagles got that three and out, I said, okay, well, they finally got control of this thing. And it, they never really got control, even though they, they, they did have a 10-point lead in this game at one point. I did feel when they went up seven, 27 to 17, I honestly thought the Eagles had the game in hand. I thought they had control of the game, and I didn't think there was any way, shape, or form that Dallas would be able to to, uh, to catch up with them and, and let alone surpass them as well. Um, you, you you play games of this magnitude, you cannot turn the football over playing this here. You know, you can't. You, ju- you just cannot. Um, you know, there's a lot of fault to go around uh, for the way things turned itself out. But, you know, for, for the Eagles go in there without their MVP candidate quarterback, 
who put up over 442 yards of offense on its team, 34 points uh, in their backyards. That says something in itself about if your, your main quarterback was in there, this game would have been a blowout. And that, yeah. That's a dead- Go ahead, Mike. You know, I would say I mean, you're, you're right. The 27-17 when they when they took that lead, that was the play that Devontae made with uh, where Diggs got uh, got okie doked on Goddard. I I, actually, I did think that that was going to be a touchdown that uh, that really broke broke Dallas because they they even then they just came back with a field goal, make it 27-20, uh, and then uh, there was the Boston Scott fumble. <laughs> which uh, really turned some momentum uh, over to Dallas as well. And they got the tying touchdown at 27. So again, you're right, Seth, those, those turnovers were, were really costly because the Eagles had a 10 point lead and they still had a seven point lead when, when Boston Scott fumbled that ball and allowed Dallas to get back in the game, tie the game and get some momentum for the fourth quarter. It is. I, if you just, you think about it, Derek brought up the stat. He said he had 20 points off of turnovers. Okay. If you erase those turnovers, this is a total beatdown, and every single one of those turnovers negates potential opportunities to score on those possessions for for the offense. You know, so I mean, you just you can't overcome that because you're taking possessions away from yourself, and you're giving possessions to the other team, and you're giving hope to the other team. Um, the whole thing with you know mm-hmm. Boston Scott, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to give. Part of the blame to, to, to Gardner, I'm going to give part of the blame to Boston Scott. Boston's got to get the ball. I don't care where he places it. But Gardner's also got to realize that he's got a guy playing running back that's replacing the guy that's maybe six foot with a guy that's probably five, six, five, seven, five, eight. Okay. So the mesh point is a lot lower. You got to be aware of that. He put that ball right up under his chin on his chest, you know. So yeah, he couldn't really get to it. But listen. We we can go on and on. There's so many. You, let's talk about Darius Slay for a second. I don't know Ooh. what has happened to him over the last five, six weeks, but he looks lost, you know. And here's a guy that just made another Pro Bowl, and he hasn't been playing like a Pro Bowl player the last five, six, seven weeks. I don't know what's going mm-hmm. on with him, but he seems unsure where he's supposed to be and what he's supposed to be doing. I don't know if he's injured. I don't know what the circumstances are, but you expect for this guy – the highest, one of the highest paid defensive players on your team to be a difference maker. And he's been a liability the last three, four, five weeks, man. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, that's a good call. Uh, he, he has not played yeah. well. He didn't play well in this game. He's behind the play a lot. Uh, collided with a, a defensive back on, on one play. Seemed to be upset at somebody on the sidelines. I don't know what that was all about. Uh, but you're right. He he has not played. And Bradbury didn't play that well uh, today either. So, uh, you know, when you allow 40 points, your defense isn't exactly covering itself in glory. Uh, so, you know, th- th- again, this is not the end of the world. Uh, and uh, they need one win to clinch it. And they most likely are going to get that. Uh, so uh, we're going to we're going to be at least go through a bye here with Eagles a fighting chance of entertaining everybody to come to their place. Um, now, speaking of injuries, so uh, Lane Johnson's usually part of the show. We're being told that that Lane will not be able to make this show. He suffered an injury late in the game. I don't know what you guys saw on that, but Lane was out and it's it's unfortunate. I, I can't blame Driscoll, but he he had a chance to pick up that fumble and he and he missed it. I don't know if, if Lane misses that, but what are you hearing about Lane, Derek? Uh, as of right now, they're still evaluating. If you look at the way the play unfolded, you know we didn't see we didn't see him 
get injured, you know, until after the play. They never showed the replay of how he got injured. You know, he limped off the field. He went into the tent and then he went into the locker room. So I've reached out to him and a couple of other people to see what's going on. So hopefully he can get some kind of update um, for, in terms of what happened. Now, somebody who's in the know who just texted me back said, not sure exactly what he did. And this is the person that was down on the field. So if this person doesn't know exactly what's going on with Lane yet, then we're going to be held in the dark for a little bit longer uh, unless Nick Sirianni comes out to the podium and explains um, exactly what happened to him. All right. So um, we won't have Lane. Uh, so we'll just kick more of this around. There's so much to talk about in this game. It's it's, it's mind-blowing. Uh, back and forth and, uh, and each touchdown. And, you know, we usually do something called the drive of the game. And I <laughs> – I was befuddled with the drive of the game. I, and I thought I had it settled uh, when the Eagles, uh, you know, late in the game when they went 13 plays, 75 yards to take a, a, a 34 to 27 lead. And again, they looked like they had control and then they didn't have control. It was a very odd game. I don't know. What the, I don't know what yeah. the over under was in terms of points, um, but I don't think it was 74. No, no, no. It definitely went over. Uh, and the Cowboys wound up, they were a five-point favorite going into this game, I guess because Minshew was uh, going to start. Uh, ironically, they were a one-point uh, underdog, the Eagles of Jalen Hurts. What a play. We talked about that line. It went up to five. So, uh, you know, Dallas winds up covering, which is, uh, is, is no big deal. So, uh, you know, I, I, I was going to wear my Christmas hat. Uh, and I, I was all gacked up. I had the Christmas hat all going on, the Santa cap. So it's a Christmas Eve that's a little bit bittersweet here. We'll take a break and we'll come back on the uh, Pond La Hockey Eagles postgame show. I'm Mike Missinelli with Derek Gunn and Seth Joyner. As you can see, those guys are in their home little studios here. I'm I'm hanging out at Ocean still. I can you see a beautiful pool behind me. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm, I'm suspended in air at Ocean Casino uh, as we do as we do this show. And we'll come back. Devin Caney is going to join us, obviously, with the Diamond Debate. And uh, we'll have our two-minute drill. We'll have our drive at the game. We have game balls. We have all kinds of things to talk about with this 40 to uh, 20 uh, or 34 victory by the Dallas Cowboys today that went down to the wire and the Eagles almost pulled it off. Let's take a break. We're back after this. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on Ecton. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. 
Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Save in Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. Eve, everybody out there, and um, you know it's a little bittersweet. The Eagles lose today to the Cowboys, and all is not lost. I'm Mike Missinelli with uh, Derek Gunn and Seth Joyner. Devin Caney will join us in a bit. This is usually part of the show where we uh, go to uh, Lane Johnson in the Eagles locker room, but Lane got a little banged up today, won't be able to join us. So let's just look over some stats uh, today. The Eagles, guys, 442 yards of offense, uh, and within that, Devontae eight for 113, AJ Brown six for 103. Dallas, meanwhile. 419 yards of offense, and C.D. Lamb was a monster today. Ten catches for 120. You wonder about the defense. Did they get heat on Dak? They did. They got six sacks out of it uh, today, and they got a couple half sacks in there, but they wound up with with six all all total, and and they they still wound up losing this game. So I want to go over some moments in the first half and get you guys' thoughts because it started out, you know, the Eagles get the opening drive. They get points right out of the chute on the opening drive. Although it's not a touchdown, 
They go up 3 nothing. Then they go up 10 nothing. when Dak makes a terrible amateurish play where he's got a guy wide open to flat and he, he doesn't float it high enough and sweat snares it and goes in for a touchdown. It's 10 to nothing. I'm thinking, well, okay, this is a great way to start the game. What did you guys feel? <laughs> well, I thought it was a great start to the game. Um, it just felt like, you know, the Eagles were off and running. Um, the next series is when, you know, they, they have the third down and Avante Maddox comes in, I believe, and misses the sack, which turns into, you know, the first touchdown by the Dallas Cowboys. And I thought that kind of take that took a little steam out of their, you know, out of their ship. Because if they punt, if they make them punt right there, the way, you know, the offense had been moving the ball, you know, the first series, they just boom, 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 right down the field. You get the sense that, you know, they're going to take the ball, march down the field, seven more points. They go up 17 to nothing. Now you got Dallas in panic mode. But the fact yeah, that they were of course, that play was uh, uh, the mathematics had him around the ankles and he squirmed out and was able to make a throw to convert that third down. And then, you know, Zeke Elliott got that touchdown and put him on the board at 10 to seven. And then Aminchu gets the big pick. It's the, the J. Ron Curse pick. And that led to a TD where, where they took the lead. And again, C.D. Lamb with a 36-yard uh, snag. And it was the busted coverage by Slay. And you saw that, Seth. He, he, he lost the coverage on that. And Blankenship was a little late coming over, which which gave Dallas the lead. And that's what you're talking about with Slay. He just doesn't look well, like but you know, that intuitive right now. Yeah. I don't know whether he didn't get the check, whether there was a check on any kind of motion or whatnot, but, you know, you had seen, you know, when they when they went over in the broadcast and they were talking about it in the telestrate, it looked like they were supposed to be rolling to, you know, a cover three look, which would have meant that Slay should have been in the deep third, which would have taken that play away and would have forced Dak to throw the ball to the flat. Instead, Slay is out on the ball in the flat, and CeeDee Lamb is running towards the end zone all by himself into that deep third, and Blankenship is trying to get over there and cover. Um, then there was another another play, um, you know, where Slay looked like he should have been deep on the wide receiver, like he didn't know whether he should be running with him, you know, and that indecision was just enough, you know, to allow, allow the play to get down the field. And then obviously, you know, you got the, you know, the third and 30, you know, and you get hit for 50 yards and Darius Slay is, you know, kind of involved in that. I'm not so sure where he was supposed to be on that, but you got Josiah Scott coming over top. What coverage are you in that you got Josiah Scott trying to get over the top of Darius Slay? I'm not sure what the heck that that defense was, but um, that to me is unconscionable. You know, that you can throw up a, a Hail Mary, a prayer like that in third and 30 and complete it. Um, to me, that was the game right there. All right, so Dallas took the 14-10 lead, and uh, and then Minshew kicks off a, a pretty good uh, drive where with throws to Goddard and Watkins, and they get it down to the, to the Dallas 30, and then he misses Watkins, who was wide open, looked like that was a touchdown throw, missed him, but then he makes a big third down throw completion uh, to AJ, and then they wound up getting the sneak with Minshew, the the, the hurt sneak, which is not stopped, was obviously not going to be stopped with Minshew either. They run that play very well, take a 17-14 lead, and Dallas comes back. The Eagles hold them. They stall them. But it looked like it was going to be a touchdown drive. They get a field goal out of that to make it 17-17. And then uh, there was the, the uh, penalty and, and the long third down throw by, by Minshew, which, which led to a, to a field goal to, to get the Eagles uh, a 2017 
halftime lead. And that was the one with uh, Dallas Goddard. Explain what happened on that play, Seth. He, they call him for a false start. Could have been very well an illegal shift. But what, what happened on that play? What did he do wrong that, that forced them to kick the field goal there instead of get that touchdown? Well, I, th- I think they were in a situation where, you know, they were hurrying up trying to get up to the ball and get set. And in that situation, Dallas wasn't aware whether he was supposed to be the guy on or the guy off. And he moved late, which turned it into, you know, an illegal procedure call. Um, I'm pretty sure, you know, you walk through those every Saturday or Friday in this case. Um, you know, maybe the fact that Dallas has been out for a while, maybe that's something that was overlooked. But, you know, that's a major, major mistake in that situation to incur a penalty like that because you go from first and 10 to first and 15, and then Gardner Minshew, you know, consequently, you know, is in a situation where you got to ensure that you get the three, and he's backing out just throwing balls away, just trying to bleed more time off the clock instead of actually going for the touchdown. And it was pretty darn obvious that, that Dallas was coming after him three straight times in a row. They weren't going to give him time to sit in the pocket and try to decipher what was going on and try to figure out how to make a play to get a touchdown because if he scores that touchdown – that really put Dallas in a hole. All right, so it's uh, 2017 at halftime, and we'll get to the second half in a second. But let's bring in the man who covered the game for Jacob Sports. Of course, John McMullen joins us every week, and he joins us now uh, from Dallas. Uh, uh, John, I would to say this is a, an up-and-down game, and, you know, you can just uh, look at the turnovers that, that hurt the Eagles that led to 20 points from Dallas and, you know, the big bomb to, to T.Y. Hilton and, and a couple of those turnovers late. Spoiled the fun on Christmas Eve for everybody, but what does this loss mean to you? Um, I, you know, I, I first of all, it was certainly about the turnovers, and 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 the one thing you know, if you think about the Eagles, they've basically gone wire to wire this season, leading in turnover ratio. Now all of a sudden they're behind Dallas uh, after sort of this minus three performance, and I look at Gardner Minshew. It, it, they got more they, than they could have asked for from a backup quarterback. I mean, Gardner played very well. Anytime you can generate that type of offensive yardage and points with a backup quarterback, you should be able to win the football game. And I look at those specific turnovers. Wes Watkins has got to fight harder for both of those picks. I mean, you can say Gardner stared him down a little bit in the J. Ron Curse interception. That's fine. But he's got to fight for that football. Uh, the Boston Scott fumble, uh, Gardner will get credit for it because the quarterback always gets credit for those uh, mishandled uh, mesh point fumbles. But to me, that was clearly Boston Scott's uh, uh, fault. And, and then obviously the Miles fumble, which was, uh, kind of egregious at, at, at the end of the game. So that's what kind of what did the Eagles in. And, yeah, I mean, defensively, Slay's a pro bowl player. I mean, he's an all-pro level cornerback. He had a bad game. He had a bad game. I mean, T.Y. Hilton got him on that fourth down. He sort of gave him a hat tip and said, great move, T.Y. Got him on third and 30. Um, looked like he – you know, you think about having Reed Blankenship and Josiah Scott out there. He looked like the one with the miscommunication on, on, on the touchdown. It looked like the Eagles were playing cover three. He didn't carry his his uh, receiver down the field. Just a uncharacteristic, poor performance from Darius Slay. So you hope that's kind of self-correcting. <laughs> um, but those... 
those were the things that kind of stood out. And, and, you know, all these mistakes and the Eagles still have a chance to win it with a backup quarterback and they're inside the 20 yard line as, as the game ends. So um, I, I don't think the sky is falling, but I am a little bit concerned with the injuries. I mean, Jalen Hurts, most obviously. We don't know when he's going to be back. It's an SE joint sprain. We know that now. So that's concerning. Uh, Lane Johnson uh, looked like a groin. Uh, uh, that's concerning. Um, Avante Maddox, completely. When he left the game, all of a sudden they put C.D. Lamb in the slot and just gashed the Eagles. So um, though that's the most concerning part to me. And we we have there's more than enough to go around in terms of um, negatives that led to the demise of the Eagles on this particular day. But talk to me about one positive I, I kept noticing is that offensive line's ability to keep heat off of Gardner Minshew. I mean, they didn't sack him one time today. No matter what kind of stunts they tried to run and, and loops, they couldn't get to him. They used Micah Parsons on the inside a lot more so than I thought they would instead of the outside. Still couldn't get to him. I thought the line from tackle to tackle did a yeoman's job in terms of getting Minshew time to go down the field the football. Yeah, they did a great job. And, and you know, I was a little bit concerned when Lane had to leave, and I thought, you know, they would put Micah on Jack Driscoll. They really didn't do that. So, you know, part of it is, uh, I think, Dan Quinn not utilizing correctly. But, you know, you go back to week six, you know, Nick specifically said, I, I I talked to you guys about it on the pregame show. We said, all right, if you can't block him, read him. Well, yeah. they couldn't really do that today because they didn't have Jalen Hurts. Um, so they had to block him. And they blocked him. And yep. they deserve credit for it. That offensive line is tremendous. It's the best in football. Three pro bowlers, two alternates. You know, 100% from Jeff Stoutland University as far as uh, you know, postseason potential being Pro Bowl players. So, yeah, I mean, that's the best group on this team. It's the mm -hmm. best group in this league, and they and they played well. And that's why you can generate, uh, like I said, I don't get me wrong, I think Gardner Minshew did a heck of a job, but there aren't many offensive lines where you can put the backup quarterback and say, we're going to get 442 yards of offense, and that's right. what the Eagles did today. Mm -hmm. John, I'll say this. I – I can understand why Michael Parsons didn't move over on the other side on Jack Driscoll because, you know, Micah is a, he's a phenomenal athlete, but he's also an effort guy. And it's very rare that you see guys, you know, that have the combination of both. A lot of times guys who, who lack, you know, total skills and total talent will be an effort guy knowing that they've got to go hundred miles an hour at all times in order to get there. Guys who have talent, they know that they can beat you with a variety of moves and with their athleticism. Michael Parsons is, is a guy who has both. And when you're playing against a guy like Jordan Mailata, I've noticed this. You know, he doesn't finish plays when he's blocking and pass protection. And I have a real problem with that. You know, if, if the play is going on, I don't give a damn if Jalen Hurts is running out of the pocket or whether um, – um, Gardner Minshew is running out of the pocket. If you didn't hear a whistle, that means the play is not over. That means you keep blocking. You know, there was a couple of times where Gardner had to get out of the out of the pocket, and because um, Micah kept taking an inside charge, he kept pushing him out to the left side. 
And because he was leaving the pocket, all of a sudden, Jordan Malata just gave up on the play. And, and, and Michael Parsons takes off and runs. And now he's chasing. He catches up with a guy that he knows that he can catch up with. Instead of Jordan Malata just getting on him, staying on him, laying on him, mashing him, or pancaking him, you know, that is something that has to change. Because when you play against really good pass rushers, they don't stop. They don't stop until they hear the, the, the whistle. And he has to play that same way. So there was no reason to move him over there on Jack when he knew that he could make hay and create wreak havoc, you know, on Jordan Malata because he's not going to play the whole darn play. Well, I meant as far as finishing. And obviously he wasn't able to finish. And anytime, you, you know, he's a, he's a really good player. I mean, if we're talking defensive player of the year, He's probably fallen behind Nick Bosa, but he's on the very short list to be a potential defensive player of the year. So uh, anytime you can get out of Dallas in that environment, not giving up a sack to Michael Parsons, I would consider that uh, a win. You know, I think a lot of people forget Jordan is still learning the game because he's so good. And he's taken a bit of a step back this year from last year, but I think that had to do with his own shoulder injury. Remember, when he got hurt early in the season, the Eagles were fearful that that was a season-ending injury. So he's been fighting through pain throughout the whole season, and, and he's had range of motion issues. He's had strength issues. He's slowly regaining that, and I think he's gotten better and better as the year has gone on. He still struggles sometimes with speed rushers, at, and that's Micah. So if if – you know, if you're telling me Micah Parsons going to line up over Jordan Mailata and he's not going to get a sack, I'm going to say I'm going to take that and say that's a win. But I I think you got to go way down the list uh, when you talk about reasons to lose this game before you get to the offensive line. I think the offensive line did a did a heck of a job against yep. you know from a pr pressure percentage standpoint, Dallas is better than the Eagles. And they didn't get home once. That's that's pretty impressive. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, you know, he's a reason why. I'm just, you know, when you look at how plays wind up, how they play out in the end, okay, you have to look at that because that's the difference between maybe Gardner being able to scramble for a first down or buy time to get the ball down the field and not. And, you know, listen, if you're going to make this guy, you know, your left tackle and you're going to pay them, pay him what you paid him, you know, at some point in time, I know for a fact that, you know, um, you know, the offensive line coach has talked to him about this because it's not the first time that it's happened. I've seen it happen on a number of times where Jalen Hurts will get out of the pocket, you know, and Jordan will see him out of the pocket and give up on his guy and his guy will go and make a play. You, you got to play all the way through. And I'm, I'm just making – you know, this is one of these games where you begin to break it down and you begin to break down the little small details of the game because the small details of this game is really why they lost the game. Now, I'm not saying, you know, him not finishing the play is why they lost the game, but to your point, Quez Walker is not fighting for balls the way that he has to, okay? Darius Slay making mental mistakes, uncharacteristic for a guy who's been in the league long as long as he has, um, you know, you got, you know, Jordan Malata, in my opinion, not finishing plays. The game is so 
the, the dynamics of a football game, especially when you're playing against two teams that are so evenly matched, even statistically, you know, the difference between winning and losing is so minuscule. But when you begin to add up the little small things, one after another, after another, after another, after another, then you throw on top of it four turnovers. Now you put yourself in a position where all of those little things become a huge thing. It becomes a, a molehill. And if they don't get it fixed now, you know, it's going to be a problem down the road. You have to finish. And I'm not saying that it's Jordan Malata's fault. I'm not saying it's the offensive line's fault. They did a phenomenal job, you know, to be able to stop this Dallas defense from getting a sack whatsoever. But at the yeah, other end. There's, there's, there's always stuff you can point to. Like, you know, I, I always say I'm not a stat guy to begin with because I think football is a game that isn't, you know, isn't as clear cut as black and white as baseball say, where, you know, it's just batter versus pitcher and you got this large sample size. And, you know, I everybody's going to be happy and say, oh, the Eagles got six sacks again. For instance, you know, I thought they weren't as disciplined in the pass rush and they let Dak Prescott, who's not Justin Fields, leak out a little bit too much and do some things uh, with scrambles that typically they would not do. But I will say from talking to Jonathan Gannon all the time and Nick Sirianni all the time, they're both on the same page. Other than the scoreboard, the two things, the two areas they want to win are are turnover ratio and explosive plays, the explosive play battle. And if you win those two categories, you're going to win the football game. Well, they were minus three in turnovers, and they lost by six points. I mean, all these issues we're talking about, Seth, if they're even in the turnover ratio, they don't even have to be plus three. If they're even, they win the football game. Agreed. So you're never going to play a perfect game. And I nitpick as much as anybody. But yeah, four turnovers sticks out to me like a you know a, a sore thumb in this game. John, let's uh, t- I want to talk about Minshew a little bit with you. A two-part question. Uh, number one, listen, it's hard to complain. The guy throws for 355 yards. Uh, but it looked like he, he was determined to play a very safe game. And, and this is where you missed Hurts. Hurts would hang in there a little longer and make a play, obviously because of his athletic ability that Minshew does not have. Did you think he bailed out on a few throws too, too soon? And, of course, the second part of this question is now where did they go with this Hurts thing as it pertains to Minshew needing one win and maybe Jalen needs another week to rest, and that would put them under the gun for one last game of the season to get that number one seed. So first, uh, uh, tell me what you thought uh, of Minshew and the way he approached this game. Yeah, I mean, uh, th- this is Gardner Minshew, right? And, and and you know, he's he's a quick processor, gets rid of the football on time. He's very accurate with intermediate throws. I think you saw it with the in-breaking routes early to Dallas Goddard and and A.J. Brown specifically. Then he got uh, Devontae Smith, who had a phenomenal game uh, going in the second half specifically. You know, he was great throwing to those three guys. Um, some issues going, as we said, going to Quez Watkins. But if, if I'm the Eagles, I'm not concerned at all about Gardner Minshew, especially with New Orleans. Jalen, in my opinion, is going to need another week at least. Gardner's I would be shocked if he doesn't start against the Saints. Right. And I, I don't think the Eagles are scared of that at all. I think they expected to win this game. Um, in a lot of ways, they should have won this game. If, if Quez fights for those footballs that Boston's got, does his job at the mesh point, they probably win the football game. 
Um, I thought Gardner did an excellent job. Is he Jalen Hurts? No, of course not. He's not an MVP candidate, but you know, he probably made a lot of money because he validated the standpoint that he's one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the world. I mean, there's no way there's 32 better quarterbacks than Gardner Minshew. He should be a starter in this league. And obviously he's going to be a free agent. So from a personal standpoint, I think he did well for himself. And, and, and then if the Eagles still need that win against the New York Giants in week 18, hopefully Jalen Hurts, you can push him. And I don't even know if that's the right word. Hopefully he'll be healthy enough to play in that game. But I don't think the Eagles will be concerned at all about going back to Gardner Minshew next week. Hey, John, put your fan fan slash reporter hat on for just a moment and take me through <laughs> both scenarios mentally when you sat there and watched that third and 30 play unfold. Because if we were all if we were all betting men, betting everything we had, I guarantee you all of us would bet there's nowhere in the world Dallas is converting a third and 30. So yeah. take me through that perspective, John, from both as a fan well, and as a journalist. First of all, I liked it from Dallas's perspective. But I, I don't know why more teams don't do that, especially in the modern NFL where you can get a penalty, you can get anything. You can get a flag, and all of a sudden it turns it over. And by the way, if you intercept it, just throw the football down the field. It's like a punt anyway. I'm, I'm, so I like it when, when teams just don't give up. You know, you see so many teams – third and 30 situation they'll run a quick smoke screen or they'll throw something underneath because they see the coverage and just give up and punt the football uh so i liked it from dallas's perspective take a shot and you saw it you take a shot you know slay made a mistake i don't know what he was looking at he kept looking inside he kept looking back and ty hilton got behind him made a great play uh, one of the one of the key turning points in the game. Yeah, but anytime you get third and thirty, that's you know fourth and twenty six is so big in this town. Yeah. Well, here was here's third and thirty. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John, you you talked about talking to Nick Sirianna and Jonathan Gannon all the time. Um, give us some insight as to how much Jonathan Gannon's play calling changes when Avante Maddox goes out and Josiah Scott has to come in. Because I really like, and you know, I was on social media defending Jonathan Gannon, if you can believe that today. <laughs> um, I, I love his play calling in the first half. I really did. Uh, but the minute that Avante Maddox went out of the game, it seemed like the whole game plan went out the window. And he got really conservative, and it really changed, you know, the way that he called plays. You know, and I try to tell people all the time, it always comes down to a trust factor, you know, with a defense coordinator. If he can't trust you as a player, there's certain situations that he's not going to put you in. Yeah, and I think, you know, I always talk about with the with the Fangio scheme that the Eagles run and, every you know, about 12 other teams in this league run, it, it, communication is, is the biggest part of it on the back end. And you see it with other teams. The Eagles have played that scheme the best. Uh, but when you blow coverages, it's always, it's almost always miscommunication. So there's, you know, I, 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 I theorized that the Eagles are really good at it because they have savvy players and they have Slay and they have Bradbury and Slay didn't play like himself today. Avante's in that category as well. 
Um, and when you have younger players, and, and, and I see it all over the NFL, more so in other cities who, who play the same defense, I, I always question those coordinators because to me, and Seth, you can probably talk about this, when you have a young player that's not savvy and in, in, in cover two uh, quarters, cover six, all these different kind of, of, of uh, zone coverages designed uh, to fool the quarterback until at least post-snap, those guys have trouble with it. They're not used to it, but they're really athletic. So to me, I would say I would point at another receiver. That's your guy. To me, to me, that's that's easier for younger players. Where the Eagles have, and, and Bradbury is so savvy as a player. And and as I said, Slay, this was so uncharacteristic of, of him the way he played. So long term, I'm not concerned with it. I thought he did some nice things on on CD Lamb in the second half. I I know one play they showed we had Kayvon Wallace on him who who mm-hmm. pressed him. And then Marcus Epps was sort of bracketing him. Um, it's probably too little, too late. But I just think the secondary played poorly as a group. Um, and that hasn't happened that often. Um, I thought they played poorly. And anytime Slate plays poorly, it's a surprise to me. And he played poorly. John, thank you. Uh, we appreciate it. I, I don't know where you think this leads. I mean, I, I, really, it's to, to me, it's not a big deal. They're going to get the number one seed anyway. I think it's yeah. practically impossible for them not to get the number one seed. But, you know, Seth's mm-hmm. worried about a couple things down the line. I mean, I guess the last question is that are you worried about anything as they go down this gauntlet here and they're going to have to face these, these good teams coming to Philadelphia? Um, I'm worried if Blaine's not out there. Um, so, you know, if it's significant, um, I know we had a wrap on, on sort of his, uh, abdomen area. Uh, Abonte was in a walking boot. Um, I'm concerned if those guys are not out there, they're a different team when those players aren't out there and we have to see with Jalen. I mean, it's an SC joint, a little bit different from an AC joint, a little bit more serious, um, my 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 guess is we're not going to see him again until January 21st or January 22nd because I do oh, think the yeah. Eagles are are yeah. going to uh, no here's why not because he's not healthy no okay okay um, I think oh, yeah I think they're going to clinch next week uh, you don't need him in week 18 the Eagles are going to let him get healthy um, but you know when you don't see somebody there's that uncertainty that comes with it. And then you start talking about rust and that's a long time sitting. Uh, So injuries are my, my main concern. That would be four weeks. John, quick question question before you go. Um, If if Driscoll came in for lane, but if you have to make, if you had to make the decision, if lane is out for an extended period of time, who do you want to see on the right side? Hold it down until he gets back. Jack, uh, Jack, Jack's kind of proven himself. He's more natural. I know Jordan can do it, and and Andre Dillard can play left tackle. I assume that's where you're going, uh, Derek. But yeah. um, I think Jack Driscoll is is a more natural right tackle. And I know Jeff Stoutland well enough that he doesn't like moving parts either. So he doesn't want to affect two positions unless he has to, and I don't think he thinks he has to. Okay. 
John, thank you so much for hanging out and uh, have a happy holiday to you. And uh, we'll catch you next week on New Year's Day. Hey, happy holidays to you guys, too. Appreciate it. John McMullen covering the Eagles today uh, in Dallas. And as we go to break, uh, I think the same thing might happen, that they won't play him the rest of the year, which means he won't have played in four weeks until that first playoff game, guys. We'll discuss that's a that. Big, in a bit. That, that's, that's a that's, big mistake, man. That's big. dangerous. That happens. That's it's, dangerous. A long, it's a long time to not be playing. We'll talk about that in a bit. Coming up, Devin Caney will join us to do our diamond debate right here on the Pile of Hockey Eagles postgame show back after this. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, the second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My husband hadn't missed work in 15 years. His injury required months of rehabilitation, and unfortunately, the insurance company didn't see it that way. I was working two jobs, but it wasn't enough. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. We sat down, told them our story, and they guided us through the whole workers' compensation legal process. Pond Lee Hockey, tell us your story. Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givenish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you... It's, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givnish, customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was it was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, uh, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. Life Celebrations by Givnish, customizing services as unique as the individual. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene. 
go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Continue your communication sciences and disorders education at South University within the Doctor of Audiology or Masters of Science in Speech-Language Pathology programs. With state-of-the-art labs, on-campus clinics, and extensive externship opportunities, students position themselves to be at the top of the job market. Stand out in the audiology and speech-language pathology profession by visiting salis.edu. To the Pommy Hockey Post Game Show, guys. Good to see your faces, even though it's through a computer screen. It is time for our favorite segment every week the Diamond Debate, presented by Mark Strollers. And even though we're doing this one from home, I was still able to get my hands on this beautiful heart gold diamond necklace from Mark's. Uh, except right now, I am not really hearting or loving anything about the Eagles and the game that they played against the Cowboys today, but it's just going to happen. So, Today's Diamond Debate topic is about the defense. Of course, Seth, you're going to love this one. Uh, what concerns you most about this Eagles defense, particularly their performance today and their performance moving forward now as we get closer to the postseason? Uh, if you're watching, tuning in, you want to weigh in, you can weigh in in the YouTube channel community page or on the Jacob Media uh, Twitter page. So right now, injuries are the leading reason. And then pass defense, close second, coaching and other. Uh, usually I call on you guys when we're doing this in person. So I'm going to continue with that trend. Mike Miss Nelly, I'm going to go to you first on this one. What concerns you most about well, this? Well, uh, listen, the secondary concerned me a little bit today that, and also the linebackers and coverage, but I, I thought the secondary was just out of whack today and it started with Slay. And I think Bradbury got okie doked on the one play as well. Uh, and it looked like guys like Josiah Scott and Amps were, were just trying to catch up uh, all day. And you know, when a guy completes 19 passes in a row, that's, pretty much an indication. I mean, he, they, they did sack him, but he, he was able to feel comfortable back there. A lot of times Dak Prescott. So yeah, the secondary and Darius Slay's play. And we've, we've talked about that uh, extensively in, in this show. Uh, it's unusual because that's the guy you count on. And uh, if he's not playing well, that throws the whole thing out of whack. Yeah. Slay definitely uh, did not have a good game to say the least. Uh, when Josh Sweat made that pick six at the start of the game, I was super hopeful. I thought that that was going to kind of set the tone and I was not right in that at all. Uh, also wanted to see a bit more aggression from the defense. Seth Joyner, I missed watching the game with you because I felt like you would have been losing your mind watching that. Um, what were your thoughts on the defensive performance? Devin, believe it or not, <clears throat> on social media, I was actually defending Jonathan Gannon today because I thought he had a really good game plan at the beginning of the game. I thought that once Avante Maddox went out of the game, it threw everything that they wanted to do in disarray. I mean, he, he gave the Dallas Cowboys some different looks, um, which I think would have continued to give Dak problems and give, you know, the secondary, you know, some help. 
But when you lose a guy like Avante Maddox, you know, it changes how you call defenses. It changes how you call plays. And I just think that, you know, there was just a, a an air of confusion going on in the entire secondary um, in the second half of this football game once Avante Maddox went out. You know, to, to John's point, you know, a lot of what you do on defense involves communication. And the one thing that young guys don't do is they don't communicate because if they don't know what they're supposed to do, the last thing they want to do is shout out the wrong thing. Um, but I think what winds up happening is, you know, the older guys like Darius Slay and Marcus Epps, you know, you got to be talking to these young guys. If they won't mm-hmm. talk to me, I mean, that was always my my deal. If you ain't going to talk to me, I'll talk to you. We're going to be on the same page, whether we're on the wrong page or the right page, at least we're on the same page together. So at least talk, you know, so we got an idea of what we're doing. Um, but, you know, I thought his game plan was was very good in the first half, believe it or not, even though it didn't produce any sacks. You know, it produced a lot of pressure um, on, on Dak, and it wasn't until once Avante went out of the game, you saw a lot of the things that he was trying to do. He had to cease doing it, and then Dak got on the roll, and I, something like, you know, 19 passes in a row, you know, he completed. You know, it, it was just – it was just unfortunate. It's unfortunate, you know, that Avante, after already being out, <clears throat> has to, you know, go out of this game. It's unfortunate, you know, that that Lane Johnson is, you know, is, is injured. And, you know, it's one of those situations where, you know, they needed all hands on deck to win this game without already going into it without, you know, Jalen. And then to incur some of these other injuries and, 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 and mishaps you know, if you will, on the defensive side of the ball by other veterans, it just mm-hmm. added insult to injury and, and, and equal this loss today, which, you know, sours everyone's New Year, uh, Christmas Eve, I should say. So, D-Gun, if you are Jonathan Gannon, what are you saying to this defense moving forward? I know the Saints aren't a particularly scary opponent, but the playoffs are looming. Uh, what are you saying to them after this loss to Dallas? We've got a lot to clean up in a short amount of time. Uh, we've got to get back to what we were doing the past several weeks before this game uh, to become that dominant force, uh, to get the ball back in the offensive hands even more so, um, give them short fields more times than out as we were doing, get a lot of threes and outs. Uh, this this game was, was an off game, definitely. I know we're honing in on the secondary a lot, and rightfully so, but I'm going to blame the pass coverage in, in general, and that includes the linebackers. I mean, we haven't even talked about the one play – uh, Tony Pollard goes out on the flat route, should have walked it in for a touchdown, wide open, and Dak missed him on that play as well. Running backs had too much freedom. The tight ends, Ferguson and Schultz had too much uh, space in the middle of the field, and they could not stop the C.D. Lamb over the middle routes. You know, you, you're thinking, okay, somebody on the back end of that defense has got to make an adjustment to take away those routes from C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb is not a big physical receiver like an A.J. Brown. He, you know, he's he's a gazelle. He's a quick, dark type of receiver. But I've seen teams take C.D. Lamb out of games because mm-hmm. they take away certain routes from him. The Eagles did not do that. There was no adjustments in terms of taking the, taking routes away from C.D., forcing them back another way, back in a double coverage if you had to. Th- there was none of that. They just kept doing what they wanted to do. When the, when the Eagles defense wasn't getting to Dak and sacking him in the second half, he was still finding ways to find these guys on these routes whether out in the flats or down the seam in the field. And you can't do that as you try to close out a game or any season for that matter. I mean, as close as they are to the finish line of being the number one seed, they haven't, they haven't crossed that tape yet. You've got to finish that. 
Now, as we said off the top of the show, Devin, the Saints are not by any stretch of the imagination the equal of the Philadelphia Eagles, but they do have some talent on that team. Mm-hmm. You know, and they can come in here and, and, and wreak some havoc. They've got pass rushers, they've got good guys in the back end, they've got one of the best running backs still in the game. You know, the quarterback has been a big issue, big, big issue for the Saints. But you know, Andy Dalton has also shown that you know, for every 10 games he had uh, t- 10 bad games he will have. He can also have one good game. You do not want that one good game to be here in Philadelphia. It, I think it's just a matter of tightening up loose ends. There were too many loose ends today. If they tighten up those loose ends to get back to what they were doing the past several weeks, they'll be just fine. Deacon, I'll, I'll, I'll say this too. Yeah. I, I, I believe that, and, and it's one of the reasons why A.J. Brown is so prolific yeah. in the passing game. <clears throat> See, I never grew up in the game playing man-to-man coverage, you know, with outside-in technique. Never. Never, ever. Um, With the way that offensive formations are formulated now, they have taken third-down offenses and transformed them into first, second, and third-down offenses. So now they're dictating personnel. And when you get into too high safety, guess what they're going to do? They're going to run the football. You get in single high safety, they want to throw the football. The problem is – when you're playing man coverage and you got single high, and and to me it's it's amazing because you're only really preventing one route. You're preventing the corner route. Okay, when you play outside technique, you want to push everything to the middle of the field, and what winds up happening is on one side they run everybody off, and then they take the slot receiver or the tight end and they run him across the field. Now because you're creating vertical pressure on the single high safety. By right. running everybody off, now this guy's in a chase position. And all day long, it's like playing pitch and catch when you're playing outside and that guy runs a slant or a quick over route. You're in a chase position. You can't right. cover that way. There's certain points and times in the game where you have to alter your technique and how you actually play man-to-man because that's a no-win situation, especially you got a back coming out of the backfield and he's running that F over route and you're protecting outside, you're not catching that guy. Tight end seam, you're not catching that guy. Slant from an X or a Z wide receiver, you're not defending that. It's almost impossible. That's a dead giveaway. But in certain critical points and times of the the game, get everybody lined up and let's play inside-out man-to-man coverage. And let's not worry about the seven route. That's one of the hardest routes to complete anyway. So make them throw the perfect throw. And, and, and hopefully, you know, the safety doesn't get looked off and he gets over the top and you get the help. But you can't line up every single play thinking that you're going to play outside man-to-man coverage and think you're going to succeed at it. You're going to lose in that situation more times than you win exponentially. Are you saying, Seth, that that is a Jonathan Gannon preparation strategy scheme issue more so than, you know, a player personnel communication issue when it comes to No, you to- can see it. You, you can see it all over the NFL, Devin, all over the NFL. Okay, so it's not just the Eagles defense. It's everyone. No, but, but, but my point is you also have you also have some defensive coordinators in the NFL that realizes that. I don't want to – you know, one of, the, one of the greatest tenets of playing man-to-man coverage is not letting the guy get inside you, okay? If he gets inside you and they run everybody else off, you're in chase mode, they're – Got the, they got their backs turned. The only guy that sees it is a single high safety, okay? So if I if I define his release and I make him go outside, okay, it's easier for me to cover him like that than it yeah. is 
if I give up the inside and now I'm in a chase mode trying to chase down somebody who's faster than I am. I understand mm -hmm. why they do it because they're afraid of anything outside away from the single high safety. But my thing mm -hmm. is, every once in a while, you have to change up what you do because that's a dead giveaway in order for, for teams to attack the middle of the field. They're going to run everybody off. Listen, they, they do it. They do it with A.J. Brown. They line him up at X. They run everybody off, and they ran the, slot, the slant on the backside. And because he's such a big body, he's boxing out the defender, and the defender can't even get in front of him. That's exactly what happened with Quez. The problem with Quez today is Quez's body isn't big enough to box the defender out to keep him away from the ball, and they took two of them away from him today. Yeah, there were a lot of uh, frustrating, head-scratching moments. Uh, Seth Joyner always shedding good light, though, on the defensive strategy of the Eagles. We will have the D'Ambrosio drive of the game coming up right after this break. Stick around. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds!
Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio. Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. Welcome back to the Pond the Hockey Post. There you go, Mike. Oh, yeah. Mike. Hey, I'm trying to add a little, uh, little levity to the Christmas Eve celebration. I, but uh, I, after this show, I got to help Santa uh, to deliver some 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 gifts, come down the chimney, all that stuff. So, are you, bring, are you bringing me a few? You bringing me some? You've been uh, bad. No, you, get, you, you got you got, you get cold this year, Tanner. <laughs> I got a, I got a bag I got a bag of coal for you. Oh, oh wow! Look, they both came up on me. Wow. Well, like, okay. Well, what if what if you're just dressing up at Santa at Santa for us to throw snowballs at you? I feel like everyone in Philly is in the mood to do more of that than receive gifts and be joyous <laughs> after that loss. No, I'm, I'm spreading joy tonight, Devin. I'm just <laughs> okay. okay spread, spreading joy. I can sl- slide down the chimney, and and the, and the big man will wait outside as I go down the chimney. We uh, we need joy spread after uh, yes. Eagle, a yes. rare Eagles L. I wanted to break L. this out yeah. after a W, but you know, yeah, don't happen the way you planned. After your comment to me right now, I wish it was. I wish it was snowing because I'd be sniping. Not find where you were. Sit on the roof. I was actually. I, I was actually <laughs> going to bring you all night with snowballs. I was huh? going to bring you some chicken wings to to roll, but the stores are closed. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's nobody's open tonight, D. So. <laughs> You can't, let the Dallas, you can't let the Dallas Grinch, you know, quench your holiday spirit, man. You should have started to show off with that hat on regardless, man. Yeah, you know what, Beth, you're right. We cannot let Dallas ruin Christmas for everyone. No, you're right. Stay positive here. They still um, suck. <laughs> all right let's get into our jeff d'ambrosio auto group drive of the game GoJeffAuto.com, guys usually there are like several drives to choose from um or there's one clear one that stands out i'm not sure that is the case with today's game i'm actually very curious to hear what you guys have to say about your drives of the game um who am i going to call on here d gun let's call on you you were talking about ah. mike with snowballs so let's go to you first uh, Eagles are leading 20 to 17 out of halftime. Uh, they come out of the locker room. They hold Dallas uh, to a three and out. They get the ball back at their own 23. Minshew, first shot, goes up top, 22 yards. Dallas Goddard makes an incredible catch uh, to put him at the 45. A few plays later on the third nine, 
you know, uh, he swings it out to Gainwell, picks up 21 down at the Dallas 34. Uh, they cap it off with Minshew hitting a Smith for 14-yard touchdown to put him up by 10. At that point, I, I, honestly, as I said earlier in the show, I thought the game was over. That made it 27 to 17. I thought the Eagles were in control, and Dallas was about to do the El Choco the rest of the game in front of their home fans and a national audience on Christmas Eve. Lo and behold, the end of the game, it didn't turn out that way, but I thought that was a definitive drive of the game. I'll go with that one. All right. I like that. Mike, what about you? Well, I, 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 that's a great drive, and I looked at that yeah. one as well. But, you know, the, the score was tied 27-27 uh, um, after Boston Scott fumbled it. And the, the Eagles were kind of like a little down and out. That was a bad moment for them. And then Minshew uh, led a drive that uh, was 13 plays, 75 yards. And he came out of the gun. He made a couple of great third-down throws, uh, one out of the pocket where he rolled to his left through across his body yeah. and got Devontae for a first down. And another one was over the middle to A.J. And, and they were first and 10th to 12, and they tried to run Sanders in there. And here comes a third and six, and he made a really nice throw to Devontae in the quarter of the end zone. 13 plays, 75 yards, put him up 34-27. I thought that was going to be the drive of the game, so I'll stick with that one. Devontae was certainly uh, the silver lining of this game. I'm so glad that he surpassed 1,000 yards, and uh, he certainly went off. I wish they got the win for him, um, and as well as many other reasons. Seth, what about you? What was your drive of the game? I don't have a drive of the game this 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 game. Uh -oh. I got two. I didn't I got know that two. was an option, but I like it. <laughs> you, you know me. I I I just don't. I, I can't follow the status quo all the time. I've got two crashes, two wrecks of the game. Okay. Okay. You can't go the eighth and ninth possessions. They go five plays interception, one play fumble. You can't go back to back turnovers in a game and we're going to talk about the drive of the game those are the non-drives those are the, the 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 wrecks that you're driving by that you can't stop but you can't you can't help but look at you know mm -hmm. because those were so instrumental in this football team losing this game because they lose they miss both of them Dallas turns around and goes touchdown field goal all of a sudden this thing is like out of sorts and and we're all like sitting here knowing that this game is probably over. So th those are my, you know, Jeff D'Ambrosio um, wrecks of the game. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Changing things up, Seth, I'm going to piggyback off you and say uh, my wreck of the game was the uh, third and 30 play that, I mean, I don't even know if I want to say credit to Dak Prescott for making a throw and, and the catch was good as well. But the fact that the Eagles defense even allowed that to happen was uh, disappointing to say the least. And I felt like that sealed the game for me. That's when yeah, I was kind no, of like, You're right. All right. That, that all happened in sequence, by the way, Devin. It was the bomb and then mm -hmm. the, the interception and fumble. They had three bad whammies in a row uh, for mm -hmm. the Eagles there. And that, that really turned the game around. Hey, hey Seth, yeah. just, just, some, just some food for thought. You can't use wreck of the game in a car dealership in the same things, okay? <laughs> remember that, okay? Don't do that. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Wow. Let me let, yeah. let me let, let me let me say this, okay? And it ain't and it ain't nothing but the truth, okay? That's well, you why can. Got, he's covered by insurance. I guess well, that's, yeah, why they, you know, that's, I mean, that's, that's why that's why they got the car fox. Not every single not every single car that's on the on the <laughs> that's on the lot. Okay, it's a brand new car. Some of those cars have had accidents. They've been fixed up. Uh, you know, you, you get your car, you get your car fax, and you know everything's good. So, oh my come on, man, it's all good. 
I'm sure that Jeff is watching the game and he understands. It is so befitting. It's yeah, befitting I mean, of what we just watched. It really is. How about, really how about fender bender of the game? How's that? Love tap of the game. Mm, don't like that. No. No. Since we're talking about this, somebody somebody sideswiped my car. So I had a a dent in the side door. So I'm parking in front of a CBS. This guy comes around and says, Hey, I can fix your dent for you. (laughs) 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 It was like this guy who goes around fixing dents. He puts this suction thing on it and he he, he sucks out the dent. Yeah. He he said, I'll do it for $500. I go, No, I'm not going to give you $500 for that. He goes, Well, it's a $500 deductible, probably. So I went up buying him a gift card. Was that worth it? Would you have done that? First of all, first of all, um, you can go to the auto store and buy the device and do it yourself. <laughs> How much is the device? How much is the device? <laughs> you go with the self-help answer. But the guy, the guy was right there. I said, "What the hell?" Right, I, you know, right. it's Especially, just, you probably got duped. He's probably the one that put the dent in your car. So he get five hundred bucks. You got, you got hoodwink, bamboozled, man. I probably did. I got bamboozled. <laughs> oh my god okay but mike in mike's defense i actually had my had my car sideswiped and it was in the yep. shop for like a week and i had to get a rental and it is a pain so yeah if someone pain, came the guy goes i do i didn't know i didn't know from i go you know what all right he goes buy me a gift card to cbs and i don't cover it <laughs> that's what it was. it was a gift card to cbs i'm telling you he did yeah, it. it cost me i'm telling you he did it Mike, come on, man! How convenient it is to do standing right there. Say, "Hey, I can oh, fix it." I know. I had the. I knew I had the dent there. Okay. And he just okay. happened to wander by. I guess the guy goes around looking for dents in cars. Ah, uh, okay. All right. I clearly have a lot to buy in CVS. Um. All right. Well, that is our Jeff D'Ambrosio Auto Group. No, it was, a Visa. it was a Visa gift card. It wasn't CVS sent. Oh, okay. That makes it a lot better. Yeah, yeah, he, he, was, he, he couldn't use it to pile up on drugs or anything. That okay. Was, you know, or athlete foot powder, you know, something, whatever. Okay. Merry Christmas, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, our game balls presented by Colony Pools will be coming up right after this quick message from our break. <laughs> My wife was in an accident that changed our lives forever. She was in rehabilitation for years. She had to learn to walk again. She couldn't take care of herself. We couldn't afford a nurse. We were running out of options. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. They understood what we were going through and immediately helped us navigate the legal process. We can't thank them enough. Pond Lee Hockey, tell us your story. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. 
Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio. Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio. Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. I'm Devin Keeney. It's time for our Game Balls presented by Colony Pools. Flywithcolony.com. Uh, I don't know. Did, I you see, did, you see Derek, did you see Derek Gunn drinking the eggnog when we came back? Or that was eggnog. No, or the eggnog. Or juice. Oh, okay. Okay. Also, right. an equally weird thing to drink out of a thermos teacup. Let me tell you something. Not if you want to keep it cold. Thank you. And I got, I, look, look, plenty of ice in there, keeping it cold for the whole last hour, baby. Okay. Uh, yeah, sure. But you know what? It's Christmas. You do it. What makes you happy, D-Gun? Um, you know what? While we're on D-Gun, who is your game ball going to today? I'm going to take it and divide it up. I'm giving it to the offensive line. 
uh, because okay. the offensive line's ability to make uh, Gardner Minshew extremely comfortable from start to finish, give him ample time to stand back there and complete 355 yards worth of passes. Um, the, the offense flowed exceedingly well in the absence of Jalen Hurts. It all starts in the trenches, so the offensive line get my game ball. I like it. Uh, offensive line is the one constant that the Eagles will always have. Thank you, uh, Stoutland University. Uh, Mike Misnelli, who gets your game? Yeah, ball? I mean, I can't argue it, uh, with Derek because uh, they 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 played very well today. But listen, uh, Devontae Smith was a, just a monster. Uh, you know, he, he catches for for 113, and he made some some spectacular catches. I mean, that last drive where he went up and got that, and then the toe tap on the sidelines, and that yeah. nice route for the touchdown. I, I can't deny him this game ball. Devontae Smith gets my game ball today. Mm. Love it. Seth? You know, I agree with everything that D-Gun said, with the exception of Gardner Minshew looking comfortable in the pocket. I mean, he was doing more um, electric sliding than – not necessarily electric, moonwalking, I should say, than Michael Jackson back there sometimes. I was like, man, stand in the pocket and deliver the ball. That, But I digress. I digress. I agree with, I, <laughs> I agree with Mike Missinelli. Listen, I think Devontae Smith, he finally got a high volume of targets. And you see what he can do when he gets a high volume of targets. You know, normally when Jalen is playing, um, A.J. Brown is going to get the high volume. I also think that Dallas Goddard, you mean, you look at Dallas Goddard, he had three passes thrown to him today, and um, he caught all three of those passes for um, 67 yards. Um, can you imagine if you give this guy, you know, eight to nine targets a game, the type of numbers that he would put up? And I thought it was BS that the NFL took him off of you know, the Pro Bowl um, balloting just because, you know, he wound up missing, you know, four games because he mm -hmm. was on IR. But Devontae right. Smith, you know, in my opinion, is a star waiting to um, to blossom. And if it wasn't for, you know, A.J. Brown and his high, high number of targets, I think that he could have a game like this every single week. He's short-handed. He's short-footed along the sidelines. And, man, the way he went up and got that ball tonight, I didn't know dude had a 30-inch vertical. Yeah, yeah. He definitely deserves some recognition after his game tonight. Um, before we wrap up this segment, always have to ask the other side of things, anyone you're taking a game ball away from. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Oh. Well, that's the easy call today, isn't it? There you go. Well, I don't know. Do you guys have the same answer? Yeah, I, I think we all would be in agreement. You got, no ball, you got no balls over there? Yeah, really. <laughs> well, so is it? Are we going one person or defensive? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just saying. saying listen, you you can take a game ball away from Quez. You could take a game ball away from Josiah Scott. You can take a game ball away from T.J. Edwards in pass coverage tonight. Darius Slay. Mm -hmm. um, Slay, 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 all everyone said, said. And, and I and I would I would actually take a half of game ball away from Jordan Malata. I'm still mm -hmm. ticked off at him for not finishing plays. I mean, it, it happened a number of times today, and it just like blows my mind. It really pisses me off when I see him. Oh, I pushed him down inside. The quarterback got out of the pocket. Now the play is over. No, it ain't. Just go lay on him. Go lay on him because you know he's an effort guy. He's gonna get up off the ground and go and make something happen. Take that guy out of the play. Put all 360 pounds on him. 
when he's like got one hand on the ground and finish it. Yeah. He's had a few moments in recent weeks where he's looked a little off and uh, it's kind of concerning me. Um, but he still gets D guns game ball. Uh, before we wrap up D gun, Mike, were you guys going to say anyone else that Seth missed? No, this is Darius Slay. What, what Seth said was completely true. I know TJ Edwards mm. was not great in coverage today. Uh, but, but, uh, yeah, Darius Slay was confused today, which was, uh, you know, yeah. that, that can't happen. I mean, he's the guy that you really count on to, to, to settle that whole thing down back there. He and Bradbury, and he didn't play well today. And he has been leaking. So it's a concern right now. Yeah. My, my biggest, my biggest takeaway from that 30 yard, third and 30 was when they showed the replay, you see Slay. He had a, he's supposed to have outside containment, and his eyes are still in the backfield once TJ Hill gets past him. And then once he's three or four yards past him, then he decides to turn and run. Now, did the safety come over too late? Who knows in terms of that? You know, I don't know exactly what the call is. But Slay's got to take that man in a situation like that. That's his man. You Why are your eyes still in the backfield when the dude's running past you? Because freak plays happen all the time. And sure enough, the one pass this guy gets, it's the first time he plays for the Dallas Cowboys since they signed him 10 days ago. The one play he makes is a defining moment of this game, and it never should have happened if Slay had been technically sound on that play. Yeah, yeah. And that play, I felt, really sealed the game in a way. Like, it kind of deflated the Eagles. It deflated me while I was watching. It was just like, all right, well, that's probably game. Um, well, you know what it is? It's, it's a technical thing, you know, and, and again – I will always go back to, you know, the theory that what you see on the field is either being coached or it's being, it's being tolerated. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a fact, you know, mm-hmm. guys, bad eyes will get you beat in this game more than the lack of ability, especially on the defensive side of the ball, because the offensive guys know where they're going. They know the snap count. They know what the play is, so on and so forth. They know how to adjust. But if I got a guy man to man, my eyes are on nothing but him. I don't care what the quarterback's doing. The quarterback's not my responsibility. If he exactly. gets outside, if he gets outside, that's the defensive line's job to keep him contained and keep him in the pocket. Now, do I have to react? Yes, I can react, but my guy is my guy. So my eyes are going to be on him until I hear whistles. You know, and if I don't hear whistles, my eyes are con- going to continuously be on him because he can be scrambling in that situation and my guy could free up you know, and come back and get a ball. But to me, a lot of it is just, it's the little things. It's the little small details. If you're in man coverage, that's your guy. If you're in zone coverage, you always play from deep to short. He got caught up today playing short to deep. Mm -hmm. Cost him a touchdown. You know, there's there's always these little things when you don't, and and for me, it's a preparation thing, you know. And, And when we talk about the complacency of being 13 and one, and winning as many games as you won, you know, sometimes, you know, there's this, you know, it's human nature to kind of like let some small things, the little small details that you stay on all the time kind of slip, you know. And if you don't work on your technique all the time, from time to time, kind of refresh them, these are the kind of situations that you find yourself in. Mm-hmm. You know what? We've been screaming all season long about the Eagles DBs playing too soft on, on receivers. Mm-hmm. How in, 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 in Jonathan Gannon's MO is keep everything in front of you. How do you lose sight of this in a third and 30 situation? Yeah. If you give up 15, 20, 25 yards, so be it. 
but you can't give up 53 yards on a third and 30 when your guys have been playing soft coverage all year. No, he also well, got he also got nabbed for an illegal contact penalty on T.Y. Hilton early in the game. Yeah, which, led, which Dallas scored off off of that drive when it was a, a, a third down, I think, and illegal yeah, contact and- game of first down. You know, we've been complaining about soft coverage, but then think back to when they played the Vikings way early in the season and Darius Slay completely shut down the best receiver in the league, arguably, in, in Justin Jefferson. So I want to know where that Darius Slay, uh, and yes, I'm calling him Darius Slay, not Slay now, because I want him to step it up and become the Slay that we saw earlier in the season. Um, I want him to come back in time for the postseason. Yeah. Devin, I, I think I, I think sometimes what winds up happening is, you know, I played on teams you know, that have been strictly zone teams. And I didn't enjoy playing in those, in, in those systems. Mm-hmm. Um, I played on teams that have been primarily man teams. It puts a lot of stress on you, but you know what it does. It makes you be on your, you, on your P's and Q's at all times, because you know that if your guy beats you in a certain situation, that it's all on you and it's out there for everyone to see. And I played on teams that, you know, have had a a good mix and a good combination of both at the right time in the right situation. I believe that, you know, the passivity that you've seen from this defense, you know, throughout the year kind of puts the players in this mode sometimes. You know, there was a stretch early in the season where Darius Slay was just, you know, he he was untouchable. You couldn't even go his way. You might as well try to find somewhere else to go, you know. And then, you know, you had the first injury to, you know, to Avanti Maddox. And that kind of changed some of the coverages. And they started playing a lot more zone. And I think that when you get in this mindset of playing zone as much as, you know, this defense plays zone sometimes, it makes you passive. And it mm-hmm. takes your edge away. You know, it's much easier because the first coverage that you learn when you start playing ball, when you're just a little bitty dude, the first thing you learn is man coverage, mm-hmm. you know. So you can't tell me that players don't feel most comfortable in that in that scenario. The issue is you've got to be coached on how to do that from a technique and a fundamental standpoint to be ultra, ultra comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. And when you're constantly put in zone, 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 when you're like thrown in the man and you hear all the time, oh, we want to keep everything in front of us. We don't let anything behind us. You know, think about the negative mindset that that creates inside of you. You know, yeah. I would much rather be overly aggressive and then you have to rein me back in than for me to be passive, passive, passive. And then all of a sudden you want me to be, you know, this this ultra aggressive, you know, player. Doesn't yeah. jive, in my opinion. Also keep in mind while you're on the subject of Darius Slay, Darius Slay hasn't had an interception since the first meeting against yeah. the Cowboys back in week yeah. six. Okay, so he hasn't played badly. Uh, since the last Cowboys game, he's played rather well, but he hasn't been that game changer we we've wanted him to see. We've wanted to see him be, mm-hmm. and and now this was definitely a glaring. I don't know. Maybe he was already on Christmas break. Who knows? You know, maybe maybe he's already thinking about little sugar plums dancing in his head or something. I don't. Yeah, know. I don't know. Maybe he made the Pro Bowl. Maybe he was like, all right, did that can take a step back now who knows um but i do know i saw in his post-game presser he is frustrated the team is frustrated so hopefully they can take this loss learn from it bounce back come back stronger uh, especially in the postseason that is coming closer and closer for the philadelphia eagles that is it for me you guys are going to stick around after the break uh for your two-minute drill 
I am signing off after this. I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Enjoy your holidays. Uh, and hopefully the next time we're talking, it's after an Eagles win. Same to you, Merry Christmas to you, Devin. And have, uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. And good yep. night. Yep. And good night. <laughs> <laughs> Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. Continue your communication sciences and disorders education at South University within the Doctor of Audiology or Masters of Science in Speech-Language Pathology programs. With state-of-the-art labs, on-campus clinics, and extensive externship opportunities, students position themselves to be at the top of the job market. Stand out in the audiology and speech-language pathology profession by visiting salis.edu. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online.
welcome back to the Final Hockey Eagles post-game show. Uh, it is Christmas Eve. I hope everybody's enjoying the Christmas Eve and can put aside the fact that the Eagles lost this game today, 40-34 to to the Dallas Cowboys. Ah! Uh, but so. uh, what's it all mean? We're going to close out uh, this show tonight with our two-minute drill. Hey, Mike. Some important issues. Real, yes, sir. Yeah, real quick. I'm glad you brought that point up because um, about an hour ago, I put a poll out there uh, on my Twitter account. And I said, how much will this Eagle, uh, Eagles losing to Dallas affect your Christmas weekend? So far, almost 1,800 people have responded. 74%, not at all. Now, as much well, as Philadelphia fans hate losing to Dallas – this Christmas, man, nothing should spoil your Christmas weekend. You're right. That and the fact that they know they only need one win over inferior teams to get them on one seat. So that's that's a good cushion. But but let's talk about where we are now because we talked about this a little earlier, and this is obviously a little more than two minutes, this conversation. But uh, we had John McMullen a little earlier. He hinted that maybe Jalen Hurts wouldn't play the rest of the year. Uh, so I want to get you guys' opinion on uh, – I don't think he will play next week. I think they will trust Minshew to beat the Saints. And then everything, you know, we don't have to worry about anything. But if, if they don't win to beat the Saints, and the Saints won today, they beat the Browns in cold weather, by the way. Uh, if they don't win that, that sets up the final game against a hungry Giants team who probably yeah. still playing for the playoffs at that point. So where do you guys stand on this whole thing? What, what would you What do you see happening here with Jalen? I, I have said uh, all week long because this scenario has been brought up about keeping Jalen out more than one game. Um, I don't think that there, there there's any way they'll lose to the Saints, especially at home. But you just never know, as we just saw the way this game unfolded, as we the way we've seen games unfolding all season long across the National Football League. Um, I, w- I would hope that the Eagles would have that last game against the Giants as an opportunity to rest up key players who are nicked up, bruised up a little bit, give them that one extra week. I didn't want to see them have to play that game against the Giants as a significant game to still determine wrapping up the number one seed. Um, as I sit here right now, even even if Jalen doesn't play next Sunday, they better beat the Saints next Sunday. They better beat the brakes off the Saints next Sunday. No question about it. Um, <laughs> because when you got two division teams going at it in the last game of a season – both of them having something to fight for. Unusually crazy stuff can and will happen, and all of a sudden somebody goes down that you don't want to see go down when you've got to turn that corner and get ready for a playoff scenario. Yeah, Seth, best-case scenario is they they beat the Saints with Minshew, and then they they rest Jalen Hurts, and then that brings him to play the fact that he won't have played in four weeks. So how would you you figure that uh, this, uh, this whole thing for the rest of the year? I don't like it. I mean, I, I until I can get a greater understanding of, you know, how injured he really is, you know, is it is he having discomfort in the shoulder when he throws? You know, is there a loss of strength when he throws? Is there, you know, what, what's what's the significance of the injury? Um, I just felt like because he played the entire fourth quarter last week that it was just more of a precautionary thing that the Eagles were doing than it was, you know, truly an injury thing. Um, and the Eagles didn't rule him out until, I want to say, Wednesday or, Wednesday or Thursday. Um, so they kind of gave you hope, but you also knew that that was kind of gamesmanship that they was doing with Dallas to make Dallas have to prepare for two different quarterbacks. I don't think that, you know, Jalen Hurts can go into or it's prudent for the Eagles to have him go into um, 
the playoffs having sat the, the last four or five weeks of the season. You know, to me, that just makes no sense whatsoever because you can't knock that amount of rust off. You know, football players play football. That's what they do. If you're injured, you know, if you're, if you're injured, that's one thing. If you're hurt, you know, you got to figure out how to get through it if you're hurt. If you're really injured, then that precludes you from being able to do what you do in the most efficient and most effective way. Now, if that's Jalen Hurts, if he is injured, then they've got to do the smartest thing that they've got to do, and they got to rest him. But I would much rather see him come back and play this coming week, dominate the Saints at home, and then rest him, you know, for the next two weeks, you know, leading up to that, allow him to get the shoulder stronger and, and so on and so forth. But if he can't go, listen, he can't go. I mean, you can't force him. This, this this isn't football like back when I played. You know, this is this is a different era and a different time. And the and and, and like I said, I don't know the significance of the injury, so it's hard for me to say, oh, you need to just get on back out there and play. Or it's one of those situations where he's really struggling to throw the football. So if he's hurt and not injured, you would most likely want him to play against the Saints next week. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I mean, if the only thing that worries me is his ability to throw the football because you can take the RPO out of the offense and put him in a situation where he is purely either handing the ball off or passing the ball. And the only time you put him in harm's way is when the play breaks down and you get in a situation where he has to run. But like I said in in the pregame, every single time that they call a – RPO type of play, every time that they get in that package, there's a chance that he might pull that ball and run it. So everybody was talking about last week, oh, 17, 17, 17. Oh, Miles only got 11. Well, understand, it could have been, let's just say, let's just say for a number's sake, that 15 times there was an RPO call and the and the proper read was for him to pull the ball and run with it. Well, now it's the play calling that puts him in harm's way so much more than anything else because the read is what determines whether he hands the ball off or whether he throws it, you know, or whether he keeps it and whether he runs. Well, the same way you got to protect players, you know, from themselves like they did this week by not allowing him to play, and I know he wanted to play, you got to do the same thing in play calling. Don't call those darn RPOs and put him in a situation where there's a potential where he might put the ball out there and, and the read says that he has to keep it. You just can't do it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take it a step further now because there's a couple other guys we have to worry about. Now, Vontae Maddox was having a great game. I mean, he was flying all around. He's getting in the backfield a lot, and he's now in a walking boot. So that probably takes him out for, for next week, and I don't know how long. And then Lane Johnson with the groin. I, I would expect that the safest thing for a groin would be to rest him next week as well so how do these two injuries play into what the eagles are now for the rest of the year well you've you've played a good stretch of games without avante and they've been able to get through um it didn't work out in their favor today but you're going to have to do it again so it's not like you have to bring someone in cold off uh, uh, from the outside to do this um, they just have to tighten up some loose ends in, in that regard. And, and whoever takes that spot, whether it's Josiah Scott or whoever the case may be, you've just got you've got to ramp up your focus. You know, you got to sit and look at every piece of the tape that you played on defense today to find out 
what is it? What did I miss? What read did I miss? What angle did I miss? You know, how did I miss this tackle? So on and so forth. How did I miss the ability to jump this route? So on and so forth. You've got, you've got an extra day this week leading up to the Saint games to rectify those problems. Plain and simple uh, for that for that young man, whoever takes his spot. I'm trying to figure out, um, you know, how long before they could potentially get Gardner Johnson back. Right. Because I think he remedies a whole lot of things. Because I think we've seen enough at the safety position, um, you know, with Blankenship coming back today, um, with Kayvon Wallace kind of stepping up his game a little bit, that maybe you can take a guy like, you know, Gardner Johnson and move him back into the slot. Listen, they're not going to be able to survive with Josiah Scott, you know, playing in the slot. He's just not ready. You know, normally you'll see a young guy come in and you'll see some type of progression where all of a sudden the light goes off and they begin to get it. You know, he's just not ready yet. And he's a liability for this defense when teams are passing the ball. You know, he made one good play today where he knocked the ball away in the end zone. Other than that, he was late everywhere he was supposed to be. You know, I saw him miss tackles. I mean, you you just can't, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, you can't play winning football with a weak link in your defense. Because the great coordinators, when you get to the division around and you get to the NFC AFC championship game, guess what they're gonna do? They're gonna game plan the hell out of that guy and they're gonna make that guy, they're gonna expose his weaknesses. Yep. Yep. All right, so so quickly now, uh, before we wrap this whole thing up today, the Saints. Now, we, we, they're kind of an afterthought to us. I, we we all think that they should be able to win that game with even Gardner Minshew. It's a home game. Um, does it? Does this? Is there any worry for this game coming up for you guys? Let's well, see. to D Gun's point, I think there's always a worry. You know, there's only a handful of guys, sixteen hundred ninety-six players in the NFL. And just because the team is bad, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be bad all the time. To D-Gun's point, you know, Andy Dalton, you know, he could explode at any time and have a big game. They still got Alvin Kamara. Um, This kid, Chris Olave, is playing lights out as a rookie. Um, You know, defensively, they still get after you with Cam Jordan. And um, I forget the linebacker's name, but, you know, he is just phenomenal. Um, They got some players. Um, and given the fact that you've got injuries on both sides of the football, you know, you would say to yourself, D-Gun, that, hey, they should win this game going away. Right. But when you got injuries of this magnitude, you know, those are the things that level the field against superior teams and lesser teams. Well, Chris Olave didn't play today, so hopefully – he misses next week. Yeah, now, for the record, the Eagles, it's just been posted, they are a five-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Well, I think it's a little short, but, uh, you know, I, I, I agree. I think that they can win the game. Hey, the best-case scenario, and we're, we're both – Mario Davis. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah Mario it's, it's, I mean, it's Christmas got- Eve, so we're looking – we'd be as optimistic as we can. They win that game with Minshew. Uh, they rest Hurts, and then we worry about the next step, which is his, his inactivity. Hey, uh, as, as they become the number one seed. I, I got two quick questions for both of you before before we wrap this thing up. Number one, Miles Sanders, we agree, has had a phenomenal season. No question, best, best season of his young career. He had now had two fumbles in the last two games. Should we be concerned? Well, he was a fumbler. 
you know, that was the reputation and he kind of cured that. So I, I, I'll, I'll just say this is an aberration game. You know, he's, he's had a pretty solid season. Obviously they were a, a pro bowl season and uh, one game does not uh, make me think that he's going to be a fumbler again. So I'll look at it that way only because it's Christmas Eve and I want to stay optimistic. All right, Seth, Deacon, I'll say no, because you, you got to, I always like to look at how a guy's fumbles. Okay. Yeah. Um, the fumble last week was a result of, you know, a guy hitting him that he couldn't see and a missed block by an offensive lineman before he could even get the ball really good to do something. You know, the guy was on him and raked the ball. As much as we want to talk about, oh, it's his fault for doing that or it's Quez, Quez's fault, you know, for, you know, the fumble back, you know, back a few games. You know, when you don't know the guy's there and you're trying to make a play, you know, you don't fumble because you want to. You fumble because right. sometimes the other team makes the play to make right. it happen. So that happens. Then I'm looking at the, the the fumble today. I'm looking at that one again. He's dancing all over the place trying to make something happen instead right. of just you realizing that your tight end got beat. Micah Parsons is right there. Cover the ball up. Eat the ball. Eat the loss. And at least we got we can live another down. But that's not in Miles' DNA. You can tell by the way he runs. When sometimes when plays are meant to be hit up, up inside and it's all jammed out, he's going to try to bounce it and make something happen outside. He plays that way, you know. So I'm not going to say that it's one of those situations where he's a fumbler. Um, I just think that it will force him to focus a lot more on how he runs. And I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried I hope about you're, him. Seth, you know what? I hope you're right. Uh, he was very distraught after that last fumble. I just hope it's not right. his head. Yeah. Because when, when it gets in, in, in guys' heads that, you know, there's be being overly careful not to fumble is when they usually fumble. So uh, for now, we'll just we'll just be in a holding pattern with him and, and yep. see where it goes. Uh, guys, uh, uh, thanks for, for hanging out. Hold on, so man, we have one more question. Yeah, got one more. Oh, one you got more. one more? Oh, okay, go yeah. ahead. Right. Next one is. You're trying to hurry up and get to the eggnog, ain't you, Mike? Yeah, I know. He's trying to get to that bump jug real quick. <laughs> Look at him. Uh, all right. and should Zach Pascal's role in this offense be elevated more so than Quez Watkins? Zach today had one target. Quez had five. You look at you look at the body of work. You know, Pascal is a physical dude. You know, you, he's not losing that wrestling match for a ball the way Quez is. Should he have more viable option, even if he is only fourth option in the offense? Should it be more I, viable I, option than Quez? Deacon, I thought so all along. I I thought that all year long. That, you know, you got to figure out a way to incorporate this guy, not only with pass catching ability because he can catch the ball, but you can play him in the slot. He's a hell of a blocker when you run him. Want to run all of those all of those yep. bubble screens and whatnot. You don't get the block. And I seen Devontae today, you know, kind of throw an Ole block and his guy got away, you know, and made the tackle. You need guys like that. You need guys to do the dirty work. And it can't be a just A.J. Brown all the time. I mean, you can't just right. go three, two tight ends, 12 personnel all the time. So you got to figure out a way to light a fire under Quez because I think Quez is one of those players that kind of gets complacent, understanding that he's not going to get but, you know, three or four targets a game. You know, so the intensity isn't there because he knows that he's gonna, he's not going to be the primary, but maybe once or twice in a game. Maybe you need to light a fire on him. Players need to be motivated sometimes. Hey, your job is on the line. Get your act together or this guy's going to get your reps. Uh, you know, 
You guys made made uh, good sense on that. I wouldn't hate it. Uh, Quez has made some big plays though. So, but they also have enough big play guys where they can pretty pretty much compensate if they want to go safe with Pascal. So, yeah, I'll be okay with that. All right, is that is that wrap it up for us? Yeah, go ahead and get to your eggnog, man. Go ahead. <laughs> I got some lasagna waiting. I got all kinds of stuff I got to get to. <laughs> Happy Christmas to you guys, and uh, you, uh, my, my best wishes to you and your family. And uh, we'll see you on New Year's Day. You know, another you holiday go. game against yep. the Saints, and and that could be the game that clinches that number one seed. So until next hey, week, guys. everybody out there who's been Hopefully watching, have a happy sober. Christmas. Yeah. Hopefully both of you will be sober on New Year's Day. <laughs> I'm always sober, man. Yeah. Hey, listen, man. Yeah, hey, listen. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, You know, happy Hanukkah and, you know, happy Kwanzaa. I don't want to leave nobody out. To everybody, Philadelphia. Hey, listen, yes. I know you heard a little bit. Here, here. Make sure, make sure that you enjoy this holiday season with your family. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Well said. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Everybody out there, have a great rest of your Christmas Eve and a great Christmas Day tomorrow. This is the Pontland Hockey Eagles postgame show. Uh, I'm Mike Misnelli for Derek Gunn and Seth Joyner. We'll catch you next week on New Year's Day right here. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go first. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. 
Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givenish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you, it's, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was it was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, uh, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.